and welcome to the now 10th episode of Control Alt Deplete. It's I'm been a while. Right? Uh, we did take a bit of a break with the holidays, and Bio was uh, not at home, so didn't have his normal setup. And uh, but we are back. We are back. So on the left side of the screen here, I am Buck Blind, the Demon Hunter, uh, and now Slash Warrior apparently. <laughs> nice, and, I like it. And on the right, we have Bioshock, who hopefully won't choke during this podcast, just like his Cowboys. <laughs> it is playoff time, so that's their their famous move. If we're going to lose any team, it's going to be the Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to lose. You're going to lose. I mean, it's already. There aren't even taking. Vegas probably isn't even taking bets in the Bucks Cowboys game. They're just already taking bets for the Bucks Eagles game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright. How was your uh, holiday bio? It was good. You know, staying in the families for like three weeks. So it was nice. But like I, like we were talking, my setup was not very nice and the computer was old. <laughs> I didn't have add-ons. It was it was a little it was a little rough. Right, right. But I mean, it's nice to see family, so I think it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. No, and then uh, now cut to today. Whenever my computer didn't want to turn on, so I have to do some <laughs> investigating into that and see if I need a new power supply unit. We'll yeah. see. Pretty sure my son's computer needs a power supply unit as well, considering his won't turn on at all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right, so let's get into it. Uh, so. Basically, we don't have a whole lot of news. There's some hot fixes and stuff, buffs, changes, various classes. You can check all those out on Wildhead. I know they nerfs a, tons of dungeon nerfs been going on. Uh, yeah. There's a there's a few changes today for dungeons, mainly just hot fixes that were actually fixing like bugs and stuff. I know they did nerf. Um, I did. I don't know. I mean, I guess on the higher keystones, it probably needed it. But uh, I know the second boss in uh, Temple of the Jade Serpent, the the lore master. One, uh, they oh, nerfed yeah. that a little bit because they, they changed something. They didn't so much as nerf it as they, they changed something. Well, they changed the way that the healing buff worked because the healer, there's there's a buff in there that goes on a player and it increases your healing. And what it was doing with, was with, with each stack that you got, it increased the healing more and more and more. And so players were putting that buff on the healer and then the healer would just keep getting that buff and keep stacking it up and getting stronger and stronger healing to make it easier to heal the fight because it is a heal check. Uh, so what right. they did, though, was I guess it wasn't supposed to stack. I, I don't know. So they fixed, They said they fixed the issue that caused it to stack, um, but in order to keep it tuned properly, they also went ahead and released... Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Lowered, lowered the boss's damage. Reduced. That's the word I was looking for. They reduced the boss's damage, both those bosses in there, they reduce the damage that they do by 40% for each of them uh, oh, to keep nice. it in line with that healing thing. Again, I don't know if it wasn't supposed to stack. Why? I, I thought, from what everything I read, that sounded like that was how it was supposed to work is what I would see. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know if that was actually a bug or if that was a bug from Mop that they never fixed. I don't know. But either way, those are the changes that they did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this week, the uh, affixes, pretty good week to push. Last week was a good tyrannical week to push yeah uh this week is a good fortified week to push uh it, it's not a, not the best week there probably will be a better ones uh, if we get like a raging volcanic at some point something like that would be really good 
but uh, we have Fortified, Spiteful, Grievous, and Storming. Um, fortified, trash is hard, whatever. You know, that's normal. I, I, I found it doing that 11 or 12 movie last night with Austin and Dylan and Jared. That, right. Uh, it was rough. Yeah. Like the, like oh, the yeah. bosses, we watched on every boss. It was just like the trash was yeah. awful. We died like... I think our total death number was like thirty something. Well, in in Ruby oh, Life right. Pools has probably the hardest trash in the game. Um, oh, I agree. Uh, so on Fortified Weeks, that dungeon is an absolute pain. But then it also has some of the hardest bosses in the game. So on Tyrannical Weeks, it's also yeah. a pain. Uh, that dungeon itself was just a pain. Um, but uh, which is a shame because I actually think it's a really good good dungeon and really interesting the way that they did it all. But it is a very difficult dungeon. Um, but uh, so spiteful is uh, basically whenever the uh, the ads die, you get a spiteful ad spawns and targets some fixates one of the DPS or healers, and they have to kite away from it, and then it slowly dies on its own or DPS or whatever can cleave it as it goes. Um, but uh, they do hit very hard, so be careful when you're running away from. Them. Do not do not stand still. I know I will yeah. probably die if if I play havoc at all this week. I will probably die a couple times because. I'm not used to doing it because as a tank, we don't have to deal with it. Um, we had this, this last night we had this warrior was the fifth member for our, our right. Ruby Life Pools. Spent so much time killing the ads. Like instead of let him kite out, even his own ad, he's like face tank it. It was yeah, it was so cringe. That's the hard thing with pugs on spiteful. Uh, most a lot of people don't realize that the best strategy is just to ignore them. Maybe put a CC out, whatever, and then just run. And just let them die naturally on their own, rather than waste time actually doing DPS to them and yeah. trying to fight them. Um, then Grievous is the next affix. That one's just a heal check. Uh, whenever you take damage and get under a certain percent, it puts a dot on you, and the dot goes away once you get over a certain percent. Um, and that can that dot can stack up to four stacks of it. In which case, you take a lot of damage and you need some big heals from your healer. Uh, so that's yeah. I mean it's, it's it's a heal it's a healer mechanic pretty much. That's it. Right. Um, you know, yeah. also, you know, of course, at the same time, you know, help your healer out, use a potion, use a health stone, eat food in between pulls or whatever to help with the Grievous stack, you know. And then we got Storming, which is the uh, seasonal affix that we have all season long. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that Storming affix later on. Yeah. Um, all right. So in the, the the first topic we want to cover is the race to world first. Uh, the uh, uh, what's it called? Vault of the Incarnates raid. Uh, so, uh, I don't, it's been over for a couple weeks now, but like I said, we were on break, so we are just now coming back. Um, it was a really, I enjoyed the race for world first. I know the last episode we did on the podcast, we talked about, Hey, what kind of strategy do you think? I thought, eh, I don't think you'll see any of those teams go into normal. Um, let's <laughs> go straight into heroic boy. Was I wrong? <laughs> yeah. They, they spent like the first couple days just doing, uh, at least the first day. They spent the first day. I know Method did the first day. They did probably eight or nine normal splits. Uh, they did a ton of them. Um, and then went into heroic splits and did a ton of heroic. I mean, the first two days, I think, from almost every team was just normal splits, heroic splits. Some teams, I think even the third day they were doing still doing heroic splits. And then uh, Mythic Plus and stuff. Um, I know it was probably day four. I want to say before 
Method. That's I was watching mainly Method's stream. I think it was like day four before Method went into Mythic and started they pulling bosses in Mythic. Yeah, they they did take their time because I know Liquid and Echo both were in Mythic the day before Method did. Um, but at the same time, Method went in with a higher average group item level than either Echo or Liquid. And whereas Echo and Liquid both had to do multiple pulls on the first few bosses, uh, Method, their pull count was way lower than um, than any, than either of those two teams on those first few bosses. They, they were just, because they had the higher item level and the benefit of seeing how they did it, you know, they went ahead and were able to take them down to probably about, I think, so like I know I know Aranog, I think Method, I want to say Method went in and one shot Aranog on Mythic. I'm not po- I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they went in and killed it on the very first pull. Um, right. And then like the second boss, they I don't remember who it was, they went to second, maybe Taros or something, I'm not sure. But uh, they went in and they they I think they had like three or four pulls and pulled it, but they were they were relatively faster moving along that way, uh, just because they had the higher item level. But so it's yeah. interesting to see their strategy. I know a lot of people watching in the chat were getting very impatient and tired of watching heroic splits and normal splits and mythic plus splits. What what uh, position do they finish in? Like how they so so. I wonder how much that heroic all the heroic farming worked out for them. So Echo ended up winning, um, and then Liquid, and we'll get into the controversy with the Echo and Liquid finish there. Oh, yeah. um, Echo yeah. won. Liquid came in the world second. And then Method did get World Third. It was a few days later because uh, everyone had the holidays. Once once first and second was over, Method did keep raiding during the Christmas and stuff. They raided during that day and the next day. But uh, I think it was it was a it was probably three days later when they finally got World Third. Um, and then Big Dumb Gaming Guild, shout out to them, came out I believe in fourth. It was kind of a race between them and uh, Method for that World Third. Uh, right. But uh, but no, so they, they did finish third, which was, you know, about where they've been finishing. Uh, I know in Shadowlands, they got a world second on um, Sepulcher, I believe. I think it was Sepulcher. Or maybe it was uh, maybe it was the uh, the final. I can't remember. I think it was the final rate. The Jailer. I think they got world third on Jailer. Uh, oh. Or world, world second on Jailer, I mean. Um, right. But that, that raid also was like a 25-day raid, and people were getting tired. I know Liquid called it and went home without having killed it, and then that kind of helped Method get that world second. But uh, um, but no, so I, I know I talked to you about the uh, the finish uh, of back when it happened. Um, so it was a it was a great it was a great race. Echo and Liquid kind of went back and forth in that first spot for most of it. Echo kind of had the slight percentage. Uh, lead just like one or two percent for most of the uh, Razagath fight, um, but obviously the concern going into this raid um, was the fact that it was so close to Christmas and the holidays, and raiders didn't want to spend the holidays doing race for world first. Um, I have my own opinions on that, but it's neither here nor there. I personally would love to raid all. Yeah, I would. I would. I would happily give up my Christmas if I could be competing for Race for World first, but that's me thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm just the same. Yeah. Um, like, I, I, I have time for like an hour. Yeah, and I think a lot of them are are willing to do that. They would just prefer not to be put in a position where they have to make that choice. Um, I think that's really the issue. Is is 
they're all willing. Right. They all they are absolutely yes. We're working. We work for months on this. We have no problem raiding through Christmas to try to get this, but they just don't want to be put in that position to have to make that choice. Um, and that's part of why the raid released the way that it did, where Mythic and Normal and Heroic all came out at the exact same time. Which I personally, I think from from a player standpoint, it was great. Um, I think it helped speed up the race world first because, like I said, they were ordinarily when they when they got to started doing Mythic. I think for most teams, it was day three. Ordinarily, you would have had a whole week of not even going into Mythic yet because they would have done that whole week of heroic and normal splits. Right. Uh, I think for me, I liked it because there was no gear cap on Mythic Plus, which is what we always do usually that first week is just focusing on Mythic Plus. I liked yeah. that because then we could just go in and push as high as we wanted and get that gear. Um, the the other thing about it, I think that for my, my own personal opinion, I really liked having it released because it was... We got to see... And I, I, don't th- I don't think a lot of people agree with me on this. I loved getting to see the stuff that we don't normally get to see, which were all those normal splits, heroic splits, the mythic plus runs. We don't usually get to see that in the race world first. Usually what we end up yeah. seeing is, uh, you know, those, those teams do all their normal and heroic splits that first week. And then mythic comes out and usually, usually they'll go through and do one set of heroic splits. And then they go into mythic that very first day. Um, that's and that's usually where we start seeing the coverage is that first day. Um, I personally, just because of how much I pay attention to the world first stuff, I I was really interested and enjoyed seeing all the normal splits, the heroic splits, the different strategies that people had in the background, the stuff that we don't normally get to see. I personally really liked that. Based off the chat on Twitch, I think a lot of people that are more casual watchers didn't like it because they just wanted to come in and see mythic pools and were bored, getting bored. Everyone got bored of the heroic splits and normal splits real quick. I get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For me, it was interesting it to me. But uh, yeah, what are your not, thoughts? It's not like I, I think I think I can see why people would get annoyed by it. You're like you're here to see the new content. But I'm in the same boat as you. Like, I I honestly don't mind watching them figure out see the process. And yeah. What they're doing. Yeah, I thought but, it was really interesting. Yeah, to me, I, I don't care. I think was, I, I would watch it anyways. Well, to me, it's also interesting because, like, I know in the last episode that we recorded, we were kind of discussing what strategies we thought they would take. Like I said, I didn't think they would even go into normal. I thought they would just go straight into heroic. That's what I But they went right into normal. They did tons of normal splits, which is interesting to see. I wonder if it's for the tier. It it very well could have been. Yeah, no, it definitely could have been for the tier. But I think also, uh, because at that point, the highest gear you could get was 285, which was from the rares. And most players were about 280 to 285 in item level. Um, and the normal drops 289 to 295. So I think right. it was an item level upgrade. But I also, the other thing that I thought we would see more of is I did think we'd see more Mythic Plus groups. Um, I was a yeah. little bit surprised because I thought you'd see a lot of Mythic Plus, especially with there being no gear cap. Um, right. But there, they didn't do a ton of Mythic Plus until after they had done all the normal and heroic splits and then kind of just then they they were players it was more players just doing mythic pluses on their own and then i think the third day they did a bunch of mythic plus like that was they they basically did m plus for the entire day on the third day for method um so they did go to it but they waited a lot longer than i thought they would 
Right. Uh, which is, I mean, it's, it's just interesting, in my opinion, to see how that process goes out. Also, something I did not know that they do, and I found this really interesting. Um, what Method did was, when they did their normal and their heroic splits, they didn't equip that gear that they got. They just went in and killed it as what they were, and every time loot dropped, that loot would go to one character, and that character would log out, and that way the uh, the trade lockout was saved for two hours. And so, so as soon as they log back in, there's still two hours left. So they would get their loot, they'd record down, you know, what the, what loot dropped, and then move on to the next boss. That person who got, they gave loot to one person, that person logged out, whatever, new person in, and kept going. That's all they did. Um, and then, I, I think for Method, the number was somewhere in the range of about 200 and... It was something like 280 pieces of gear that they had to sort out through. And they spent about three hours, um, one of one of the days after like after they finished all their normal heroic splits, they spent about three hours, and it was all their officers and raid lead people were going through. They had the whole list of all the gear they've got, and then figuring out based off what gear they got, who should get what, and then they made their whole game plan based off the gear that dropped. You knew, all right, this person's going to play this class, this person's going to play this class. Um, so it's just interesting that the way that they did that, where they, uh, like a normal, a normal raid group, you go in, like us, our raid team, we go in, loot drops, we roll for it, you get it, you put it on. They didn't yep. do that. They just stayed at whatever item level they were at going in and, and then distributed it all afterwards after they figured out, okay, so we've got six pieces that work for Marksman Hunter and we've got seven pieces that fit for this, this class and whatever, and then figure out based off that, who's going to play, um, and so, like, for, I know Cruella DK, um, I guess she just goes by, now, by Cruella now. She was a DK originally. Uh, but she was supposed to play her mar uh, Marksman Hunter, and they never, yeah, they, they never got the bow to drop. So she, even though she's one of their top players, she sat the entire Mythic progression because she they, the bow just didn't drop. And so she didn't right. get her loot, which is, you know, crushing for her probably and frustrating to to know that you're one of the most talented players on the roster but because the loot didn't drop you weren't able to actually participate um and granted she was you know trying to get get gear you know while they're doing their progression she's doing mythic plus trying to get gear trying to get stuff ready in case she happens to get a bow and is able to go in um but yeah no it's just, it was just interesting to see that whole process and how they calculate all that yeah um but yes yeah, so the controversy uh, so as I said, Echo won. Um, however, with it being the Christmas break, uh, what happened was the raid did last. Razageth was pretty, pretty difficult and was pretty high fine-tuned. Um, and and they the race to World First was lasting. It was all the way up till Christmas Eve, and and then really early Christmas Eve morning. Um, and you know you can. You can look at it a couple different ways. Maybe it was Blizzard saying, thinking, oh, it is overtuned. Let's nerf this, and that'll make it a little bit easier, and maybe that made it a lot easier than they thought. Or maybe Blizzard said, hey, it's Christmas Eve. Let's end this race. Because, yeah. what it, I, and, and no one except for Blizzard knows the thought process on what they nerfed and why they nerfed it. But... um both both Liquid and Echo were sitting. I think Echo was sitting around eight percent was their best pull, and um, Liquid was sitting around ten percent as their best pull. Now, 
the issue with the nerf that Blizzard pushed out, um, there's there's two issues with it. One, Liquid was asleep. It was like 4 a.m., 5 a.m. in the morning. Liquid hadn't got up to start their day of raid progression yet. So that right away gives Echo the advantage. Echo was already up because they're EU, so they were up. They're playing, they're pulling. Um, the hotfix goes out, and Echo one-shots it after the hotfix goes out. Which, yeah. that's the other issue, is this nerf, whatever this nerf was, literally made the boss so much easier on Mythic that, that Echo just went in and one-shot it on the very first pull after the nerf. If Echo had gone in and had, you know, 20 more pulls and then finally got it down, I don't think anybody would be talking about it. It wouldn't be any kind of controversy whatsoever. I think the biggest issue is the fact that Echo went in and one-shot it right after the nerf. Um, and then... And, and so the fact that that happened and Liquid was asleep for the whole ordeal, it just kind of... It was almost like Blizzard just handed it to Echo. And it's no knock on Echo. Listen, Echo led for most of the race world first anyway. Echo has won the last several race world firsts. Echo is, one, is, is probably the top rating guild in the world. So it's not like it's not like oh they just got gift wrapped this thing they didn't deserve like they probably would have won anyway. So it's not a huge knock on them, but it's unfortunate for them because if I'm Echo, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth because it doesn't feel like like yes we won exciting, but it also just doesn't. It's not the way you want it to have it win end. Yeah, you know you want that that ideally that hotfix should have gone wall. Echo and Liquid were both up, both competing, both doing pulls, and then you yeah. can just have an actual race there. Um, Limit or Liquid, excuse me, Liquid did. They didn't one shot it. They had a, they, their very first pull. They came in and then like I think they wiped it like sixty percent or something. But the very second pull, they went in and killed it. Um, so again, I think the first pull was like something somebody just screwed up some mechanic or something. But uh, yeah. but again, they went in and killed it in the second pull. So then that adds to the controversy of okay so liquid was able to go in and just kill it just like that as soon as a hotfix goes out so what would have happened if both raid teams had been awake and raiding at the time uh, yeah so i think it feels bad for liquid i think it feels bad for like it doesn't feel as bad for for echo but i think it does like i said it leaves a bad taste in their mouth not the way you want to win um but a win is a win <laughs> so yeah. You know, they don't know how they ask how many. <laughs> right, right. How many playoff wins have your Cowboys gotten? <laughs> Two. <laughs> In the last ten years. Two uh, of four, four appearances. Right. Oh, uh, but yes. Um, yeah. So, what do you? I mean, what's your opinion on all that and everything? It sucks. I think if it was to happen the other way around, people would be upset. They're like, "Well, it only won because of this." But uh, yeah, I don't know. I. I mean, it sucked, and I think Blizzard could have timed it better. Yes, but eh, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, agree with you. I think Echo's gonna win. Anyway. Yes, yeah, I, Echo had 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 the slight lead. Like I said, they've been able to win the last few. Um, I just, I think to me, the the biggest concern is that Blizzard, and and I don't know if it was intentional or unintentional, but like I said, whatever nerf they put out made the boss one-shottable by these two guilds. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if... if I don't I don't even remember what the nerf was, honestly. It's, it's been too long. I don't remember what it was, but 
yeah, it, whatever it was, I don't know if they intended for that to be the case or if they didn't intend. They thought, oh, this will make it a little bit easier and pretty much guarantee that they'll finish by the end of the day. I don't, I, that's my guess is that Blizzard probably thought, okay, this nerf will make it so this raid will end the next, this race will end in the next 10 hours. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll charging. All right. But, uh, I, I want to die. Yeah, I, th I think they just yeah. wanted... I think they wanted it to... The nerf was meant to make it end in the next 10 hours, and instead it made it get one shot. I think they were... <laughs> my guess is Blizzard, probably... Somebody's priced in a Blizzard, watching the race world first, goes, all right, let's put this hotfix out. Boom, there we go. That should give us about 8 to 10 hours. Somebody should kill it. Oh, it's dead. Whoops. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, I feel like that's probably what happened. I don't think it was... In I don't think Blizzard was intentionally like, let's end this now. Um... I think yeah. it's, that's just that's just what happened. Um, I don't think it was the expectation from Blizzard. Yeah, but uh, I, know, I, I mean, it is what it is, and I, I hope this next raid here for the next or next race is not around any holidays. Yeah, it shouldn't be. Um, but not like it should I don't be. Know what else would, would be coming up? The like next Easter, maybe I don't know. Yeah, no, the next raid should be, I believe, in April, probably, is when we're going to see it. So, yeah, I would say that'll probably... Easter is the only thing around time. I don't think we'll have any issue with it. Um, it's usually just the very first raid of the expansion is the only one that's an issue, because they tend to release the raid. You know, that, that raid's going to get released two weeks after the expansion launches, and that's usually in very close... When the expansion launches, usually October, November... So you're very close to Thanksgiving and Christmas with all that stuff. Um, which Thanksgiving would only affect the American guilds, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, so... Um, and then I guess let's just jump into our raid progress so far, since we're yeah. talking about raid, yeah. and then we'll do the Myth Plus after. Um, so, uh, switching topics slightly, what, what rural first race aside... Uh, we've been doing a raid on with our guild and pugging a few people, but we are seven of eight. Half, yeah, yeah we're, we're seven of eight on normal, so you know, good progression for just casually doing it. And it is a yeah. hard, it is it is a harder raid, um, I think than than in the past. I know Ka Nathria, which Nathria's is last, a joke. yeah, Nathria was the last time that we raided. Um, I think yeah. pretty much that oh. hardcore. Um, I know you and I, I, th I think you and I did some some stuff in. Um, the last, the Jailer raid. I think you and I did a couple little, just plugged into some stuff, but just very casual. Uh, yeah. The Anathria is the first time we raided. I know that Anathria, very first night we raided, we cleared the entire raid on normal. Yeah. Um, Razageth is not a joke. Razageth is a difficult, hard-hitting boss. Um, I think we'll... That's I think mechanics. Yeah, I think we'll get it down this week. Um, I, uh, I kind of, it's not really too relevant to the podcast, I guess, but um, I did. I did mention to the boys about having the Friday, Saturday, for Saturday to try Razzing Yes, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I put it out in guild, so they in guild chats they should be aware. Um, yeah. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe Friday we go through, we clear the seven bosses, and then we end up killing Razzing Friday night. If that happens, great. Maybe we'll do heroic on Saturday or just Mythic Plus that, or whatever. That's what I was talking with like Austin. I was like, you know what? Like the worst case scenario is we go in seven out of eight, killing Razzing a little bit. Next week, go into Heroic Dirt, we can come back to Razzia. Yeah, yeah, no, we'll see. I, I, think, I, I think being 7 out of 8, probably do. I'll let you the first 3 on Heroic. Oh, easily. I think, yeah, I think we could probably 
it depends on how they have it set up. If we can go to Taros without having to do um, Dathia Ascended, I think we can easily get three on Heroic. And Dathia Ascended, we might still be able to get that on Heroic. We'll see. Um, yeah. But uh, but no, so yeah, we are 7-8 normal. Um, I've, I've thought that the raid, in my opinion, I've been enjoying it. What do you think about the raid so far? I love it. I love that it's not a, like a face roll. Like, I know it's yeah. normal, and it's not meant to be extremely hard, but I like having that slight challenge. Yeah. Because, uh, like, like we were saying, last time we really raided as a guild was Nathrio, and Nathrio was, like, it was easy. Yes, yeah. yeah. I think we spent about two hours in the last boss. Yep. But... Yeah, we I mean, were. In, we got it done. <laughs> I remember that night. We raided for eight straight hours, night one. Um, but yeah, yeah. No, we we spent it on the last boss. And we got everything down, and um, I, I think what I have enjoyed, like the boss fights, are great. Most of them are really good. I like. I like. I think Blizzard did a good job with the raid. What I personally have enjoyed, because I'm from being the raid leader, what I have enjoyed seeing was like very first night we go in, one shot the first boss, cool. One shot the second boss, cool. Get to the third boss. We start struggling. Um, yeah. What I liked seeing was it took us, I think, six pulls to get to get Nathias into down. But what I was enjoying from a raid lead perspective was, and I felt we did a good job on, was first pull we wiped like eighty percent. Second pull, okay, we, we hit about eighty percent again, and the third pull, okay, we got down to like sixty-five percent, and we we were making that progress. And yeah. we, I, I don't think at any time did we really take a step back. We just got yeah. better and better, and and we did a good job of progressing on the bosses that we did struggle with a bit, um, and we were able to get get everything down. We, sat, we got six of eight in the first night, um, and we had like I don't I think we had six pulls on Daffy Ascended. I think we had uh, four pulls on Kurog Grim Totem. We had seven pulls on Senarth, or maybe six. I can't remember six or seven on Senarth. Um, yeah, Taros we one shot, <laughs> but Taros is pretty boss. easy. It's pretty yeah. easy. It's 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 simple mechanics, but it's just if you mess the mechanic up, you're gonna wipe. And we like me falling in the middle. <laughs> I still <laughs> I bet you that, but yeah, I fell I fell mm. in the hole in the middle. Yeah, I did that the first raid. First time I was in there, I was on a I was on my havoc demon hunter, and I uh, I fell rushed, uh, and I fell rushed right to the center, not knowing that there's a giant hole there and you just die. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I was I was caught off guard too. Um, but no, and then uh, last week we went in, um, we one-shot all of the bosses except for, I think, Kurog. I think we needed a couple of pulls on Kurog. Um, and that and then we went to, then we went to um, uh, Brood, I, the Brood, Broodmother. Brood so far my favorite fight in the... In the Was in it? The raid. I loved it. I thought the splitting of the groups for ads and bosses was like, it's simple, but it was, it was fun. Yeah, it was... It was interesting because it's it's a very very tank focused fight, um, kind of like Terras. Terras is a very tank focused fight, but Terras is very easy. Uh, but yeah, uh, Broodmother was was interesting, and it took us a few attempts. <clears throat> what I, what I liked, and again, what I liked from our side of things was we went in looking at you know the Wowhead guys, the Method guys, all that stuff. Ha had our strategy based off of that something wasn't working out we kept having the one spot at like the eighth egg or the or the, the eighth set of ads kept spawning while we're over there killing the egg that's right there next to it yeah couldn't figure out why didn't know why but you know what we just went and said all right fine scuff the map 
we're just when we get to that spot, I'm gonna go to take the eggs. I was on the I was on the brood mother taking to the eggs, so we're gonna go to a different spot, get the eggs there, change up our strategy, and then two pulls later we got her down. Yeah. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Now Razgath, on the other hand, Razgath, we're gonna we're gonna sit and talk about Razzy for a few minutes before we pull. Um, we, we went in, we didn't, I, it was late and I didn't really want to sit there and try to look up a strategy and figure this all out right off the bat last week. So we just yeah. went in and pulled and just kind of learned as we went. And we did, we made some progress. We got to the intermission was, a couple times. It was just like what, 70% or something? Uh, 64. Cause, cause oh. at 65% is when the intermission starts and we got her to intermission twice. Um, oh, okay. So now we didn't get through the intermissions, uh, cause the first time my... I, we might have made it, honestly, we might have made it through the first intermission, the first time we got there, uh, except that I died literally on the way over to the to the knockoff point. So whatever, ever, because I don't think anyone else was dead. I think I was I was the only person who died at that point. If I had, I don't even, I still don't know what killed me. Um, but if I hadn't died right then and there, and I had made it to that platform, we were split up. We had gone to separate platforms. We could have cleared that second intermission possibly. Um, but what happened yeah. was since I was dead, all of the group that was supposed to go with me, they had no tank. So y'all died in like 10 seconds yeah. <laughs> and then, and then it was just the other group left. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm thinking Razzy will go down this week. It should be fun. I've been enjoying the raid way more than I thought I would. Um, I know for me personally, I came into this expansion going, I want to do the raid. My focus is still Mythic Plus. I want, but I want to raid just one night a week, just casual, just at least see the raid and stuff. Do do normal and heroic, and now I'm like, I can't wait for raid night. I'm excited about it. I want to go into raid. Um, I'm like enjoying the raid almost as much or more than the Mythic Plus. Um, so that's yes, that's been yeah. new. That's been different for me because I haven't been focused on raids since Legion. Basically, Legion was the last time I had my focus was on raiding. Right. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying it too. I think it's a fun raid. It's not like I was saying before. It's not a face roll. Like you know, when they're just for everything. Some yeah. bosses are easy, but I'd say like the last two, uh, or maybe even three, last three, have been a challenge. Okay. And, but but fun. Yeah. No, I think I think Kurog is probably Kurog might be my favorite boss um, so far that right. we've that we've gone into. Uh, it is it is a challenge one. It's the only one we didn't one shot when we came back back in and recleared this week. Um, but yeah. it is it is a challenging fight. But I do like it. Um, yeah, because it's just, it's it's just different um, than I feel like what I'm used to. Uh, the spider boss um, uh, Sinarth is also Sinarth. very very interesting. It's a fun fight. Yes, it's it's and it's one that Blizzard really experimented on. They put a bunch of new mechanics in there. And it's stuff that we just haven't ever dealt with, and I think they did a really good job with it. Um, I like it. Uh, so, so yeah. What's you said? Your favorite boss is Broodmother, right? Yeah. Now I think there might be a, a different reason. I, I think there's a I think there's a separate reason other than just the fight itself as to why you like it. I think it probably has to do with your evoker and the staff that you got. <laughs> True. I I gotta say I, I was like I was doing some content some guys were like you have the staff already and I'm like yeah I've killed it like four times now and I've never seen the staff drop nice so I was like oh maybe I just got really lucky I don't know oh yeah no I think it's supposed to be a rare a rare drop kind of like the bow for hunters um but no yeah. yeah 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 this man got his staff the very first time we killed broodkeeper so you know 
He was happy. So awesome. Oh, so um, ecstatic. So what is probably your least favorite boss? Let me look at the raid. Um, I don't care for the Primal Council. Same. I was going to say, that's that's probably my least favorite. Now, I would say that like, the fight's hard. It's, it's, I don't find it very fun. Yeah, so so what's yeah what what all is it that you don't enjoy about it? Like the uh, the the ads, the order and killing the ads and stuff like that, and this positioning on the road. I don't know. I'm just not a big fan. Yeah, well, I think for me, one, it's a very very hard fight for a pug group. I feel like because right. um, because technically the way we are supposed to do that fight is. We tank all the bosses in the center of the room, and then the melee, you know, is is in their spot spread out. The range is in their spot spread out, and then each time that we have the the pillars and the molten lava come out, the everybody is supposed to basically just rotate, and then that way we keep moving and keep in this clear area. But the bosses stay put in one spot. So since you have the two casters, we still kick the interrupts because you just don't want the damage going out. But you don't have the issue of, oh, these casters are standing way over here while the other bosses are over here and we need somebody to go and kick them so they'll come over this way. It keeps the bosses together nice and neat. And it also keeps all of the pillars and the lava together. And then you yeah. just rotate to the nuclear spot. What I've seen happen both times you've been in there, and actually I've done that boss three times, what has happened every time is... You start with the bosses in the middle, and somebody drops a pillar right in the middle of the, of the boss, or somebody drops fire right in the boss, and then you have to pull them out. And then you have to, and then once you start having to move the bosses around and try to move them around the circle, it becomes a chaotic fight. Um, the other issue is this is why the first week I went in with a small group. We, we did two two six instead of like a fifteen man group because yeah. the the conductive marks, the blue circles of electricity. Oh. And with with pugs and stuff, and even without pugs, it's those spread super easily. And the most annoying thing is, and we had this happening last week. We had a melee, somebody that was in melee, the melee group. I don't know who it was, but they they would get it and they would just run it all through me and Oz, the tanks, and run because they weren't staying on their side. They weren't staying where they need to be. Our positioning got way off and terrible. Um, we still killed it. Like it's it's a very forgiving fight, but it's just mechanically people just pugs especially it feels like that group that that boss is a very difficult fight to manage mechanically correctly it's easy like i said the mechanics are forgiving the conductive mark won't necessarily kill you uh, if you get too many it will but it won't necessarily kill you your healers can heal through it and we've been able to we've one shot it both times we're in there but it's just a chaotic fight whenever the positioning gets off um, that by, that fight is so smooth, or could be so smooth, if if people have their positioning right and just everybody stays as a group and and goes does does what they're supposed to do. That that fight would be super super easy. Um, yeah. But I think you just too many people aren't following the positioning and everything. And part of it is that we have so many pugs. If we had a full raid group and everybody in Discord, I think it would go a little bit easier because people would know, hey, this is the strategy, this is the plan, this is what we're doing to make this easy. It would go a little bit easier, but uh, but yeah, I think that's my least favorite too, just because it gets so chaotic, especially near the end of it. Um, from a tank perspective, yeah. it gets really chaotic once we get once we get knocked out of the center area because somebody dropped a puddle of orange lava in the middle. That's when it gets really chaotic because 
ideally we as tanks we don't want to move those bosses around because if we can keep right. them together you guys can cleave them and they all die similarly um and then we're not dealing with all the mechanics if 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 we do it the way we're, we, we're supposed to neither tank will ever get that conductive mark because nobody's supposed to be anywhere near us to drop it on us um and i know me and all has had that conductive mark on us probably 90 percent of the time that last fight <laughs> yeah um and then, so my my favorite boss. I said I think my favorite is probably Kirog. I think Kirog is my favorite boss. It's it's a challenge and a pain, and I honestly will sit there and go, okay, let's do this. But I actually really really like the fight a lot. I like the way it's set up, uh, uh, the different ad phases and, and and whatnot. And it's got a lot of interesting mechanics. It has a really big mix of mechanics uh, because right. you have four different types of. Well, I mean, you really have almost eight different types of, of bosses you're fighting because you have the actual boss, which he changes his mechanics depending on which altar you're at. So there's four different types sets of mechanics you're dealing with. Then when he does the intermission and you've got the two adds from the two altars you're at, those adds come out. Now you've got their mechanics. And so you've got four different adds. So there's eight different sets of mechanics you're dealing with. And I think it just has a lot of variety. Um, and I, I just I like it a lot. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So, uh, what do you think? You think we're gonna get Razzy down this week? I I'm hopeful. I think if we get enough of the people in comms that know the fight, I think we'll get it. I'm just thinking we might need an extra night to get it done. Right. Yeah. No. I'm. I think we have a chance to get it Friday night. I think for sure we're gonna get it Saturday. Um, I, th- I think I expect Saturday we're going to be able to go in um, and be able to knock it out. I think I, I don't think Razzy lasts for us past this week. I think we kill it this week. Um, yeah. Whether it's Friday or Saturday night, I don't know, but uh, we right. shall see. I, I think there's a chance uh, Friday night we go in because I, I, we, I know the fight now. I know what we need to do. Um, it's a matter of communicating that to the rest of the team, making sure they know what they need to do and then everybody getting used to it and then executing it properly. Um, I think I think whether or not we get it done Friday is probably going to depend on how quickly we get through those first seven bosses. If we get through and we're only in the, the first hour and we've got another two, three hours to go, we might get Razzy down. If it takes us an hour and a half, two hours, and we only have an hour or two to go on Razzy, I don't know if we get it down Friday. Um, but right. I think I think we'll, we'll get it down Saturday for sure because we'll be able to do just Razzy until we get it down. Yeah. Um, and then, so shifting gears a little bit, uh, Mythic Plus Season 1. What's your thoughts? I, you know what? I like it. A lot of the dungeons that, are, that I thought were going to be easier are trying to be harder, the hierarchies. Um, uh, some some of them are a little bit too easy, like kind of Burial Ground. Yep. But I'm not complaining to free Raider I hope for. Right, yeah. Um, I, I like them. I think my favorite—I don't know. I was gonna have to see. Let me see the list again. What do we have? This? We have. I like Alexar Academy. I think it's my favorite. Oh yeah, uh, it's not bad if if you can or manage the bosses. Um, yeah. So so my uh, my thoughts so far is it's it's good. I like the I like the thundering affix. I think it could be better, but I don't mind it. I think it would be nice if it rewarded you for clearing the buff instead of 
punishing you for clearing it too soon. Because um, yeah. right now the way it works is you get punished if you don't clear it, and you get punished if you clear it too soon because you lose that damage buff. Um, I think right. I think ideally the way it should work. Um, this is why I, I talked to somebody on Twitter about this a couple weeks ago. I think ideally the way it should have could have worked was maybe you clear the buff with you know if you you and me have you know all five of us have the buff whatever you and me clear it and then we get the buff for say 10 seconds and then say the other two people clear it and maybe it should have stayed where it's just on four people instead of five if they do it this way the other two people clear it and then that then makes their buff last for 15 seconds and then our buff gets extended another five seconds right um and then that way you get you get the buff for clearing it correctly um i think that could have been the case and maybe if they do it that way maybe then say you only have five seconds to clear it instead of having 15 seconds maybe maybe you make it where okay it's you you get rewarded for clearing it but now it's a little bit harder to clear it um I think the way it is now, especially with some of the pool mechanics, where you have a lot of bosses that will grip you in and stack you all together, there's, there's, I could think of at least three different bosses that do that in the dungeons. Yeah. On those, you, you end up, you get thundering, and then that mechanic goes off a second later, everyone's stacks gets cleared immediately, and nobody gets the buff. Um, because even right. that fifth, even that fifth player, I've noticed, if you have, say, two lightning people and one thundering person... If the two lightning people hit that thundering person at the same time, it'll clear all three buffs, not just one, not just two of them. Because uh, oh. I've, I've seen that happen a couple times where I've gone to go clear it, someone else with the same mark as me has gone to clear it, and we all meet at the exact same time, and all of us lost the buff. So, yeah. so when we all get gripped in, that'll cause all five players to lose the buff, and nobody gets it. I think it's just kind of, I don't know, that's kind of irritating at times, but... Uh, Overall, I don't think it's a terrible mechanic. I think I think it's in principle the way it works is interesting. I like the, I like the matching and the marking and stuff. I think maybe they could have done a little bit better, but I also think that because of the dungeon changes, they're not looking to make that seasonal affix necessarily be a big buff. Where as in the past, that's what we've seen is that seasonal affix. That's their big change. Um, so they make that change very interesting. They try to make it have a big reward for completing it a certain way and stuff. And I think because they're rotating the dungeons out, they're not so concerned with making that buff. They've, they've stated this before also, that they, they aren't concerned as much as making that seasonal affix so impactful because the real impact is a change in dungeons. Um, but uh, no, I think the dungeons themselves are pretty good. Uh, quarter stars we struggled with at first but i think now that we figured out a, a good route and pathing and everything kind of understand it um other than the fact that you can't see half the mechanics because it's the same color as the floor it's a good dungeon and it's an easy okay. one um shadow moon barrier grounds very easy as well um i think for us i think noku defensive is not that hard other than the very first or the second boss i think is a little bit rough but i don't think it's that bad Especially on four yeah, or five fine. weeks. On four or five weeks, that's a cake. A dungeon's a cakewalk. I think. Yeah, I think with the boys last night, I did the twelve, uh, no good, and it was like it was so easy. Yeah, and so I will also boss. say that's another interesting thing, the scaling wise, because um, they did change the scaling. And they made it. It used to be each each keystone level was an eight percent increase in difficulty. Now it's a ten percent increase in difficulty, and I will say. 
that's been noticeable, I feel like, from my perspective. Because, um, like, I was looking at our keys from this previous week. We two-chested a lot of 11s and then failed the 13. Um, and right. usually if you can two-chest an 11, you probably can time a 13. Uh, but we just, we couldn't. I mean, we didn't time anything above an 11, honestly. We couldn't, we couldn't even time a 12 on anything this week. Um, yeah. This past week, at least. Uh, which part of that's tyrannical. Tyrannical, I, I do think some of these bosses um, are overtuned still and still need some nerfs. Uh, because I know that my personal feeling is it feels like on fortified weeks, it feels like some of these bosses still feel like they're tyrannical. Like, what, yeah. like what, I guess not necessarily tyrannical for this expansion, but like a, a fortified week the boss to me on certain certain dungeons the bosses still feel like what tyrannical felt like in shadowlands um yeah we're like the boss fight because in shadowlands it felt like tyrannical weeks your bosses would take three to four minutes to kill on fortified weeks they take a minute to two minutes to kill and i feel like what we're seeing right now is on fortified weeks bosses are still certain bosses still take three to four minutes to kill and then yeah. on Tyrannical, they're taking five to six minutes to kill. And it just, it feels like the bosses themselves are taking a lot longer to get to kill than normal. Um, and they're, they're just, they're still, the bosses are still very, very hard, even on Fortified for certain dungeons. Um, and then you have dungeons like Shadow and Burial Grounds, where it doesn't matter what's Tyrannical or Fortified, it's an easy dungeon no matter what. Yeah. Um, I, I think my favorite dungeon is halls of valor um, yeah that's my go-to as well for yeah that's I, th I think that's my favorite dungeon um it's my favorite back in legion it's still my favorite and i know i've you've heard me say this before but i'm going to say it for the podcast that being said even though it is my favorite dungeon probably my second favorite dungeon in the entire game i don't want it in my mythic plus pool <laughs> I just, I know a lot of people disagree with me on it, and that's fine. Most people are really like the changes and having the old dungeons and the Mythic Plus pool. I hate it. Make it, make make it time walking. Just make it time walking. Make time walking a weekly thing. Rotate through a different expansion each week. Have your time walking dungeons for that. They can still give good gear and everything. People can have them available. That would freshen up your Mythic Plus pool right then and there because every week you have a whole new set of Mythic Plus dungeons that you can do instead of the mythic plus the normal mythic plus pool so their, if their concern is oh it's too stale because everybody has to run the same dungeons you get four four to five different expansions on rotation each week and you can yeah. just do an entire new set of dungeons each week nobody's going to get bored from that i mean if you're tired of doing the the dragonflight dungeons then you can go and do whatever time walking one is available that week you know i i think I think that would have been the best route for him to go. I understand why they didn't, because that is a lot more work than just let's work on adding four, up, updating four dungeons to Mythic Plus. Um, I, I get that it is a lot of work to go and say, all right, these eight dungeons from this expansion are going to be Mythic Plus, and we have to tune those and upgrade those. And now this next week, having to do that on a weekly basis, I understand it's a ton of work. Um, but I do think it would be worth it if they did it. I think it would absolutely be worthwhile. I would, I, I would love to see them. I thought that during the, the downtime for the end of Shadowlands would have been a great time for them to go and start doing that. Um, yeah. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, it, it's not bad. I will say, 
I much prefer this season, the old the old dungeons they brought back, I much prefer this season's old dungeons than season four's dungeons for Shadowlands. Um, I don't you may disagree on that, I don't know. A lot of people like like Karazhan and, and, and stuff like that. And, and like they weren't difficult. I just didn't care. I've never cared for the mega dungeons too much, honestly. It's just a me thing. I've just I've never cared for the mega dungeons. Um I've always preferred the, the, the start of the, of the expansion dungeons over the mega dungeons, typically. Uh, that's, right. that's just a me opinion. I think a lot of people love the mega dungeons. And, and don't get me wrong, I do like them. I just, they're never in my list of favorites. Um, uh, I think I, I didn't really like the, the Mechagon mega dungeon. Yeah. I thought that was really fun. I, I hope if they bring, I'm going to assume they're going to bring out one this expansion. Yes, I'm yes. I'm going to assume. Uh, I think um, I, they might have two planned. I'm not sure. Um, I'd have to I'm, look I'm at their. Totally down for it. Let me pull this up because I know um, they've got they laid out their whole you know plan for the year and whatnot. Here it is. Um, pull this up. The road ahead. All right. So yes, we have a. So the mega dungeon is going to be this summer for uh, ten point one point five. Um, so they do not have two, but. Uh, and I guess, I guess kind of covering this, I know this isn't on my screen, but uh, they do have their, their roadmap, which is interesting. Um, and I like it. They've got, they've got a patch 10.0.5, which is supposed to come out here probably in the next month. Um, and that just brings in the trading post, uh, Primalist tomorrow, which I don't know what that is. Um, white and gray transmogs, which will be, everyone will, will enjoy that. And they can finally transmog white and gray items. Uh, I'm a big fan of that. Right. Um, and then in the spring, you've got patch 10.0.7, which uh, returned to Forbidden Reach. So we're going to get quests probably for everybody to go back to the Drakthir starting zone. Yeah. Uh, you've got nice. human and orc heritage armor. I'm, I know you'll love that. Yep. Um, then they have updates to different the different holidays. Uh, that'll probably be around those times. Uh, then you have season two, which is going to be sometime between spring and summer. So that's why I'm thinking like probably April. Maybe at the latest early May. My guess is probably late April, early May is when season two comes out. Um, that's going to be patch 10.1. They say we're going to get a new zone, which is great. Um, a new raid, a new PvP season, new Mythic Plus dungeon pool. So we'll get the other four dungeons that we don't have from Dragonflight. And then there's going to be four dungeons from the old school stuff that'll get put in there. I've not seen any kind of announcements. I don't think they've revealed what dungeons those are going to be, so who knows. Um, I still think there's going to be some gold, old god aspect to this expansion. Oh, yes, I agree. And I, after the podcast, I'm going to show you a video that I saw because uh, I, I, you need to see it. <laughs> I, 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 actually, I might just take you there and show you the spot itself because I... Taliesin and Evatel uh, found something and made a video the other day, and I was like, holy cow. Um, yep, right. Yeah, Enzoff is definitely going to be in this expansion somehow. Just going to say it right now. He is going to be a... By the end of this, Enzoff is involved. I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know how they're going to work it in, but I promise you, Enzoff is involved. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, since part of, part of that big patch 10.1, there's going to be updates to professions. I don't know what those will be. Uh, they'll have UI improvements, which is great. Uh, patch 10.1.5 is supposed to be sometime in the summer. That's when the Mega Dungeon is going to come out. Uh, they're okay. going to have new world events, so who knows what those will be. 
uh, content and system updates. Then in 10.1.7, which is supposed to be in the fall, we're going to get new story and quest lines, a holiday refresh, whatever that means, and more content and system updates. And then season three, probably going to be sometime between fall and winter. Uh, 10.2 is the patch. They'll get a new zone, a new raid, and a new PvP season, new Mythic Plus dungeon pool again. And then additional content and features is all they list. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of the cadence we're looking at, which is I think it's it's cool. We're gonna have three raids this year, um, or we'll we'll have our that's third cool. raid by the end of this year. Uh, the first one, I guess, technically was you know last year, but the very end of last year. But yeah, no, we'll get two new raids during this upcoming year. Um, I would expect, I would expect we'll get at least one more raid after that, probably early 2024. We should have what my guess will probably be the final raid. Um, so I would guess we're looking at four raids for this expansion. Uh, I hope I hope we get four raids because if we get a raid at the end of the year next year and then nothing else, that's going to be a long content drought. Uh, yeah. So ho- hopefully we get another raid in like early 2024. The, um, the, the one thing I'm not looking forward to if it happens is the mythic plus pool just being mega dungeons the last season like they didn't shuttle out yeah yeah i mean and it, i don't think i don't think they're gonna go that route i think because of the way that they are setting this up i think we're gonna have four seasons probably all together maybe let's see here let me, let me look at that again so it'll be season th- three would be season three would be at the end we might possibly see a fifth season it just depends on the timing of things because I, I feel like they would almost have to have a fifth season, which I think would be the first time we've had five seasons. Um, but it just depends. Uh, since Wrath, I think. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just looking at it from a Mythic Plus perspective. Oh. Um, so I think with if it's if we only have four seasons, you're going to see half half of Dragonflight dungeons, half old dungeons for season one, and, and it's rotating that every other one, the other half of the Dragonflight dungeons. And maybe maybe yeah. in season three, maybe they mix it up. Maybe instead of the four we have now, maybe we get two of the Dragonflight dungeons we have now and two of the ones that were in season two. Um, so maybe they, they switch that up a bit. I don't know. Um, and then season four, I think, will also still be half Dragonflight dungeons. Um, and then it'll also be, you know, four old school dungeons. And I think we will... I think season four, we will see the mega dungeon be split into two groups and have that added to it. So we'll have 10 dungeons. Um, what I would say is, is when I would expect for potentially some odd thing would be if, if we have a season five for mythic plus, then I could see season five, potentially maybe we don't do any dragon fight dungeons and they bring a bunch of old ones back. You know, who knows? Yeah. I think if, if we have a season five, that's going to be their experimental, session where they'll throw in a bunch of extra stuff maybe they bring back the 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 the, uh they update the raid so they're all current scaled scaled to current eye level and everything and so you could do any of the raids just like we did have the faded raids again i think the faded i didn't do faded raids but i think the faded raids were a big hit i think people really liked it so i could see them doing that for the final season um but yeah well no I, i don't know we'll see what they end up doing But uh, overall, what do you think of the Mythic Plus season? Good? Bad? I think it's very good. I think uh, for what what we got right now, the the four 
uh, content I mean, uh, for dungeons that are in the expansion. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing those next season, like Halls of Infusion, Altaris, that kind of stuff. I'm not looking forward to Halls of Infusion because that seems like a very difficult dungeon. Uh, that seems it depends on the tuning, but uh, like I'm looking forward to doing it. I'm just not looking forward to doing it. If that makes right. any sense, um, it's it's because that's a challenge even on Mythic Zero. It feels like with the frogs chasing you and everything. Yeah, that's terrible. The yeah, that terrible. that's going to be interesting. I think uh, I think there's a lot of interrupts in there that people aren't going to be ready for. Um, but no, I I, I think so. For me, um, I have I, I think I would say there are two words that sum up. The season one so far for me one is tuning uh because the tuning has been all over the place i feel like uh, and that's been every the, everybody's big gripe is some dungeons are ridiculously hard some dungeons are ridiculously easy so i think the tuning yeah. was a bit off um part of that i think is lack of testing i i don't know um, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know how the beta testing was for Shadowlands and other things, but I felt like, I felt like the Mythic Plus, there should have always been Mythic Plus testing going on the entire week. I don't think it should have been a three-day yeah. only thing. I felt like Mythic Plus testing should have been happening every single day, all day, every day. Um, yeah. And then maybe that would have helped the tuning, I don't know. Uh, but then the second keyword, I think, would be team. Uh, because for me personally, my favorite thing about this season is us having a full group 90% of the time. And yeah. having everybody in Discord, having all of our guys playing, all of our friends on there, being able to communicate better. I think it's made the dungeons a lot easier uh, for us just because we have a full group. It's the first time that I can remember since like BFA actually having a full group. I don't think it's Shadowlands. I don't think we ever once had an entire full group of people for our Mythic Plus. I think the most we had was three or four. Yeah, I'd I'd say four at most. I think usually it would be me, you, Lynch, and Tech. And that was was the most we ever had in in Shadowlands. Um, BFA, I know Moku and and Quinn would be playing with us a lot. So, you know, we would have some combination usually during that time. And that was nice. But, uh, yeah, and... I think it's been the greatest thing for me for shout for Dragonflight so far is just having an entire full team. It, it yeah, I I prefer it because I feel like we can run through faster. We don't have to sit there and wait to find somebody. Um, it's just, I, I like it a lot. We have we we trust the people we're playing with. That's another big part of it is that you can trust that hey, if this person says they're going to handle this mechanic, they're going to handle this mechanic. Um, yeah, and you don't have to worry about it. Whereas in a pug group, you know, it, it like take no coup defensive for example the the catapult in a pug group you might have two people go for the catapult because no one knows who's going to get it um and i think having it in a group you know everyone knows okay okay bio's gonna go get it cool we got that he's got that covered um or oh tech's gonna go get it okay he's got you know whatever interrupt rotations we can call out all right i've got star bio's got moon oz's got you know, circle, whatever, you know, we all know you can call that out, make that communication. You just can't do that in a pug easily. Yeah. Um, so I, I've been enjoying that aspect of it because it's a lot easier. Uh, and I think one of the things you guys are going to start seeing from me in the next upcoming weeks is uh, bigger pools. 
because now that people, you guys have all gotten comfortable with knowing the kicks and knowing what to interrupt, you're getting better at that. Um, I'm starting to learn, okay, these interrupts are the, these, this group has one person that needs to be interrupted. The rest of them aren't important. And I can take all the damage in the world, I feel like, as a tank. Like, as, and, and granted, it's not true, but as a tank's mindset, your mindset is always, I can take all the damage in the world. Doesn't matter. I don't care. I'll pull five packs. I can handle the damage. No issue. Yeah. Um, I may be wrong, uh, but if there's four packs that only have one caster in each pack and we can easily handle the interrupt rotation, guess what? I'm going to pull all four packs. That's, what's yeah. gonna, that's what we're going to start doing. and Because and, and, I, I want to push to see the limits of what I can handle as a tank. Um, and I want to see what Oz, because I know Oz has been tanking a bunch. I want to see what he can handle as a tank. Uh, and I think the stage that we are at for Mythic Plus is we've kind of hit our wall at like the 11s and 12s. And I think we're at the point now where if we need to, t- if we want to time it, we we can't be super cautious on our pulls. Um, we have to start pulling. I, I have to start pulling more packs together um, as soon as we can just to speed up and give us that extra time. Um, but also you have to be, you know, steady. You know, steady does win the race in Mythic Plus. If you pull... If you're like, we need to pull quick, so then I pull seven packs and it just all get wiped. That's not speeding up the dungeon at all. Um, yeah. So that's one thing. Just to this is a forewarning to expect to see from me as a tank going for the next uh, few weeks is just a little more testing, a little more pushing to see. All right, what can I handle? How much? How much can I pull? What's a safe pull? Um, and then stuff like I know I've been doing it in Halls of Valor a little bit lately. I know you guys probably noticed the last couple last week or so Halls of Valor. There's a ton of little three-pack mobs in there, but they each have casters, so I can't pull all of them at once because there's just too much casters going on. So I've been having you guys prioritize this caster. As soon as we kill that caster, I pull the next pack with it. So now instead of pulling a three-pack, we just nuke down the one caster, and then I'm pulling, you know, there's five guys in that pack. And so then we nuke that caster that's in that pack. As soon as we get that one down, even if there's still four guys left, I go and pull the next one. So now we got eight guys in the pack. Just whatever the dangerous mobs is that we have to be careful with, I'm just having you guys just nuke those down and then continue pulling so that we can get big pulls and speed up the AOE and stuff a bit. Um, right. Which for anyone listening, that's a nice tip for your tanks. You know, as a tank, to do that, you know, figure out, learn, learn the dungeon well, figure out which enemy is the big threat that is the reason why you can't pull this pack with the next pack. Eliminate that enemy as fast as you can, and then you can pull those packs together. And I think it's yeah. something that's been... I think it's something that's honestly it's a little bit different than what I've done in the past also. I don't think I've ever really done that because I, it's, you can't communicate necessarily to a pug group, nuke this guy down, nuke this guy down, and, and be able to... And I, think, I think that's one of the reasons I'm enjoying this Mythic Plus season is having the whole... Everyone in comms, the whole group, it's allowing us to do things we couldn't do before um, because we can communicate it and, and adjust our strategies the way it should be Whereas with the pug, you can't do it that way. So that's been a lot of fun for me. Right. Um, so yeah, like I said, I think my favorite thing altogether is just us having everyone on altogether. It's been a blast for me. Yeah, I agree. It's always nice to have friends playing. Yep, yep. It'd be nice to have Lynch and Tech playing. But, right, uh, yes. Tech, but, 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 but Lynch is no excuse. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, Tech Tech usually is working and doesn't get on until late. And he's been on as much as he can. But yeah, Lynch, Lynch, man, what are you doing? Stop playing play Overwatch. Hearthstone. Hearthstone <laughs> Stop. Overwatch. Stop playing Overwatch and Hearthstone. Come play WoW. <laughs> I, I I know he's burnt out from Shadowlands stuff, but once you start playing, it's fun. It's fun. 
I think yeah. I think it's all he's got to do. All he's got to do is jump in, start doing dungeons. I think he'll be having a blast. He just because I know that's how I am. When I've gotten burnout, I'll go and I'll play another game for a month or two, and then somebody will drag me back in. Usually you, <laughs> like, hey, you want to come come do this transmog run with me? We'll jump in. Okay, and I'll I'll jump in. I'm like. Okay, yeah, I like WoW. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just one of those things. Um, but yeah, uh, so I, I mean, uh, I guess moving on to week and WoW. Tell us about your week. We kind of already discussed a lot of it, but yeah, you know, tell us about your week. Yeah. And WoW. Uh, so other, I've only thing I've really been up to so far. Uh, recovering this week and specifically the last couple of days. Uh, I've just been doing some. 11 12 with uh, some of the boys on my evoker. Um, did a lot of testing to figure out a third alt, and I kind of think I haven't figured it out with Warlock now. So I've been playing a little bit of that Warlock the last couple days. Nice. Um, yeah, but the, the goal for me this next week as well is trying to get to 390 on my evoker before I feel. You know, Start right. Dividing my time between alts, I want to be at least three ninety. Nice. But yeah, and like wow, wow, yeah, dungeons, LFR, that's here in the, in the vault. I think I got two piece on my evoker, one piece in Death Knight, one piece on uh, Druid. Just it's a lot of pieces. That's nice. pretty nice. Yeah. Yep, uh, for me, uh, pretty much same, just been doing Dungeons and Raid. Uh, like I said, we are 7 of 8 on normal now, so I'm happy about that. Uh, spent a lot of time at work going over uh, raid strategies these past few nights and figuring out uh, gas plans and stuff like that. Uh, looking up some different dungeon things, stuff we struggled on in the dungeons, try to figure out, okay, what can we do better? Different little yeah. things like that. Uh, but in-game, yeah, just uh, been doing dungeons and raid and... Uh, world quests and stuff, pretty much trying to get my rep built up a little bit on my warrior. Trying to figure out blacksmithing a little bit. I don't know, it's a little... I don't, I don't know. Uh, professions... Well, confusing. Yeah, professions... For me, professions have always been a casual thing. I've never gone to professions to try to like make gold and stuff like that. Um, and I think with the way the auction house works, it's a lot harder to, to get gold without using professions now. Um, but... Uh, I like it. I think the people, like I said, I think the people who enjoy professions a lot, and that's one of the big reasons they play the game, they're probably loving the profession system. It's it's very more complex and, and interesting. Um, I feel like I may have missed out on some of the, the crafting materials, like the, the, the big thing that you're supposed to be able to use to craft the big items, because uh, it's like an every two weeks there's one available, and I don't know if they... If you miss it, do you still get to go back and get the ones you missed, or are they just gone? I don't know. Um, it's it's spark of ingenuity, I think is what it's called. Uh, those I don't know how those work, and I'm kind of like, because I because I haven't grabbed any on my warrior, so I'm like, can I get all? Can I can I? Is there a catch up mechanic? I don't know, or is do I just if I didn't get them the first two that were available. If I didn't get those when they were available, can I not get them anymore? I don't know. Maybe somebody can comment and answer that for me. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no professions. Anybody who, if anybody knows professions, feel free to comment on the video and explain them to us a little bit. Cause they're a little bit complex, but I, I think it's a good thing overall. I yeah. think, um, also work orders. I learned this, um, 
because Blizzard posted about it finally. I I know I mentioned I think in the last in the last podcast I think I mentioned or maybe just when we were talking I mentioned that I don't I didn't know if work orders I felt like work orders were maybe a complete failure on Blizzard's end because every time I've gone to look to see if there are work orders there's nothing there's nothing there I'm not seeing like there's no work orders available so I'm like if there aren't any work orders available what's the point of having them because you can't do any work orders right from what Blizzard's post was it turns out it's not an issue of people aren't placing work orders it's that the work orders are getting filled so quickly that there's just nothing like they're they're available and they're filled within minutes so when you go to look there's nothing available because they're getting filled so quickly um Mm -hmm. so that's an interesting thing in my i don't i don't know how you fix that but uh i did think that was a little bit interesting that's kind of how that's working out right um yeah, I think they have some work to do in the professions. It's, it's not a bad star. Like, I like the direction it's going. I do think they maybe, and I don't know, maybe there just need to be better guides. I, I don't know. Wowhead's got some good guys that really have explained some of it for me. But I think in game, I think they, 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 there's not really a ton of direction in game for the professions. And I think maybe that's kind of a little bit of an issue with it. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to get my blacksmithing up on my on my warrior. And get some gear made with him. Uh, I guess this is kind of where my disconnect is. I, I, I've, I've, I'm aware that you can make up to four item level four eighteen gear with crafting. Yep. Um, the problem is I don't know how to get to that. <laughs> I, I know the goal is up here. I am here, and I see no path there. <laughs> so I, I don't know exactly how that works uh, that's what i'm trying to figure out still uh yeah because i mean in the past it was just hey get get your blacksmithing level raised up to here and now you can make it and now it's you know and maybe you had to go buy the recipe from somewhere but right now like i don't even know like it's it's it seems like the highest gear you can craft is like a 350 or something like that and somewhere around that range yeah. and I, I don't know I don't know where I don't. I just gotta. I do need more research on it. Is all. But uh, yep, that is just about it. You have anything else you want to talk about? Nope, not really. All right, just uh, counting down the days till your cowboys are eliminated. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trying to stay optimistic, but it's hard. <laughs> so, all right, well, that is pretty much it. Uh, thank you all for watching. We are back. Uh, my socials are up top. Got uh, 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 Twitch. I am uh, twitch.tv slash buckblind. YouTube, buckblind demon hunter. And Twitter is at buckblindDH. Bio, what are your socials? Uh, Twitch, QQ underscore Bioshock. And QQ underscore Bioshock for YouTube as well. There we go. Have you gotten any YouTube videos made yet? I haven't. You know why? <laughs> why? Because I, I can't focus on a class. <laughs> I mean, I get better at it now that I got gear, tune, gear tunes, but I mean, I want to put in a little bit more work before I start making some videos. Right, right. Yep. I think you should make evoker videos because honestly, your evoker damage is way higher than any other evoker that I really see. So you figured out something that other evokers haven't. So that's, that's <laughs> something I, I think you should make evoker videos and teach people how to play evoker because... <laughs> Yeah, most, all do that. most evokers I see are like 10 to 20k DPS lower than you. <laughs> right, yeah. 
So yeah, no, I think that's what you should do is, is look in your figure out what it is that you're doing on Evoker differently than everyone else, and then teach the world your ways. Yeah, but I can do that. <laughs> but yeah, that is it. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we should hopefully be going back to a podcast every week. Might have a couple weeks here or there. Might miss something because of whatever. But yeah, no, we're gonna try to go back to once a week. Now that the break is over, holidays are over, Bio's back on his normal computer and setup. Uh, yep, thank you for watching. And uh, have a wonderful week. Good luck on your vaults if you haven't opened it yet. Good luck with your raids, your Mythic Plus, all that stuff. Have fun in game and enjoy some Dragonflight. Woohoo. Have a good one. See ya.